0: Welcome to another edition of the Official Jets Podcast, powered by Amazon Web Services. Ethan Greenberg, Eric Allen, and today's episode, big news over the weekend. Jamal Adams, now a member of the Seattle Seahawks. We'll break it down, our initial reactions, the draft capital aspect, Bradley McDougal, the new Jet safety who came over from Seattle, and we'll talk about what this does for Joe Douglas and the Jets moving forward in 2021, really. And moving forward from there. And first things first, EA, it was Saturday. You know, we were both going about our weekends, and all of a sudden we see and hear that Jamal Adams got traded. I just want to know what is your initial reaction of this pretty big franchise altering move for the Jets.
1: Yeah, I think it's one of the most significant trades in franchise history. Our own Randy Lang wrote about it over the weekend on on NewYorkJets.com. I automatically thought about the Jets moving Keyshawn Johnson to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a lot of draft capital back prior to the 2000 season. But the initial reaction was one of surprise as far as the timing. I was not surprised that Jamal Adams was shipped because you had a lot of factors in play. You knew a lot of teams throughout the National Football League would be interested in adding a guy who plays at that level, like a Jamal Adams does. He was also very vocal about getting a new contract and being frustrated with the New York Jets. But I would go back to what Joe Douglas said. We are going to do what is best for the New York Jets. He was not going to move a player to move him. He had to get what he thought was proper value. And I thought when I heard of what the Jets were getting back was, hey, they got very good value for a tremendous football player.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And when you look at the other trades recently that involved two first-round picks, the ones that come to mind is somebody like Jalen Ramsey who got traded last year. Khalil Mack actually, the Jets got more from a draft capital standpoint for Jamal Adams than the Chicago Bears did, or the now Las Vegas Raiders did, excuse me, for Khalil Mack when he got traded from the Raiders to the Bears. So there's a lot of things to break down here. And obviously, the first thing that you think of when you see the parameters of the trade is draft capital. The Jets get a first round pick in 2021 and 2022. They also get a third round pick in the 2021 draft and they send back a fourth round pick in 2022. So Joe Douglas, who's been a renowned scout before he was a general manager now has a lot of flexibility in the draft and has four first round picks over the next two years.
1: And that's the thing you're looking at. If you are a follower of the New York jets is suddenly the jets have four first round picks in 2021. And 2022. So you talked about flexibility. Listen, we'll have to see where the Jets finish in 2020 and also where the Seahawks finish, because if you're a Jets fan now, obviously you're rooting for anybody who uh, you're rooting for anybody who plays against the Seattle Seahawks, because that's going to help your a draft position uh, next year and in the year following. Uh, like It's likely, though, when you look at the Seattle Seahawks, this is a team that is in the playoff picture or in the postseason each and every year. For my money, Russell Wilson is, good, is as good as any quarterback in the National Football League, even maybe a guy like Patrick Mahomes. But if you're taking Mahomes one, i put Russell Wilson right on that line after him. That would make sense to me. And they just added a big-time piece to their defensive mix. But the Jets, listen, you can do a lot of things with your number one picks. And I know where fans are concerned right now is you're sending away a former first-round pick. There's a couple things to consider here. Joe Douglas did not draft Jamal Adams. The other part of the equation here is Joe Douglas has had only one draft as GM of the New York Jets. So his first pick is Makai Becton. Douglas really has a chance to put his imprint on the roster. Now he got the big tackle. Now what is he going to do with potentially those four picks in round one? And oh, by the way, the Jets, are going to be in position to, say, package their pick and a Seattle pick to move way up in the draft. I don't want to get way ahead of myself, but those first-round picks, you know it, they have so much value, especially when you get to that weekend in April.
0: Yeah, I think really this allows Joe Douglas to basically do what he wants on draft weekend, and that's so far from now. It's funny to think about, but it's a key piece in this deal. And just looking at the 21 draft, not only does Joe Douglas have now two first round picks, two third round picks. He also has two fifth round picks because the jets, when they traded Leonard Williams, they got a third round pick last season and a fifth round pick. And so that pick is in 2021. So there's a lot to break down here from a draft perspective, but the
1: point I got it. I got to interrupt it real quick. That's a great point. Go back to the Leonard Williams deal. Now, If you're Joe Douglas and that scouting staff, you have a chance to package Leonard Williams and Jamal Adams and get back eight to 10 very good players who are going to be part of your roster moving forward, hopefully for the long term.
0: And if we're just, I'm going to pour some gas on the fire here. Remember, Joe Douglas traded a six-round pick in 2021 for Demarius Thomas and then got that pick back in the draft when the Jets traded back in the fourth round, with the Patriots. So Joe Douglas has been very, he's been shipping his draft picks in, in a good way. And then he accumulated a ton of picks for next season. It's going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out eventually down the road. And I have seen this on Twitter a lot too. A lot of jets fans are like, well, the Seahawks pick is going to be a good pick or like a bad pick in the first round, a late pick Mm -hmm. in the first round. But the thing is, is that division is so tough that it's feasible in some weird way, I'm not saying likely, but it's feasible that the Seahawks might not even make the playoffs just because of how difficult the NFC West is and the NFC in general.
1: Yeah, you you never know how a season's going to play out. If you have Russell Wilson playing 16 games, you would safely assume that's eight and 18 at the very worst, right? Now you add Jamal Adams into the equation, but you're right. Uh, Every year is different. Injuries play a big factor in the National Football League. Uh, I look at it from a Seattle perspective and say, hey, we're going for it. We have a 31-year-old quarterback in Russell Wilson who came within a play of taking us to the number one seed last year in the NFC. Uh, Obviously, they were bounced bounced out in the divisional round of the playoffs, but they had to get that secondary shored up. And you're contending with a guy like George Kittle, the San Francisco 49ers, two times a year. And you want to play that run game and be stout against the run. Jamal Adams, he's a Swiss Army knife. He can do a lot of things on a football field. So it made sense from Seattle's perspective. Uh, As we've had time to digest it for a couple days, I can look at the trade from both sides and say, hey, I think actually both teams did well here.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I feel like it was a win-win at the end of the day. And from a Seahawks vantage point, they're going for it, like you said. They have a great quarterback, and they're putting all their chips in, and they're going to try to make a run in a very difficult division. And outside of the draft capital, there was a player swap involved, too, at the end of the day. The Jets send Jamal Adams out to the West Coast in Seattle, and they get back in return. Their starting safety, Bradley McDougald, who I don't think a lot of Jets fans were familiar with, before this trade, but based on the atmosphere on Twitter, it seems like Jets fans are encouraged by the addition of Bradley McDougal, who I'm sure will be competing opposite Marcus May for that spot. Well, what we
1: saw from Greg Williams uh, last year is he continually inserted different pieces in the lineup, and they all were productive players. Now on paper, yes, the Jets just traded out one of the better, perhaps the best safety in the National Football League. We can save that argument for another time. But you mentioned Marcus May. You have McDougal added to the equation. And oh, by the way, you drafted Ashton Davis out of California in the third round. So if you're inside the Jets organization, you still say, we have three starting caliber players. At the safety position. I don't know if Ashton Davis is starting for you week one. We'll have to see how that all plays out. But Marcus May, this also speaks, I think, to the confidence the Jets have in May because a lot of times he was that deep safety, right? He's playing the post. He's 20 yards off the line of scrimmage. He's communicating the signals. He's covering the field. He's the last line of defense. Now you ship. Jamal Adams out. Well, this might mean more opportunity for Marcus May actually to go inside the box at times, not all the time, but at times and get more blitzing opportunities and more chances to do some things down by the line of scrimmage. McDougal is a guy who's been productive. You mentioned him before starting 14 games for the Seattle Seahawks last season. He had 10 interceptions. And the Jets love Ashton Davis.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Highly versatile athletic kid out of
0: California. So the cupboard is not bare at the safety position. Yeah, I, I think that the ripple effect of Marcus May will be interesting how – Greg Williams and Denard Wilson will utilize May in 2020 compared to, let's say when he got drafted in 2017 to now, I think it'll be interesting to see because we've seen Marcus May lay the wood a couple times and I think he doesn't get a ton of credit for it, but because he plays that kind of post position and is the last line of defense, but it was frequently you and I, would talk to players in the locker room last season. They all talk about Marcus May as the glue of the secondary. So no, the other I think-
1: point, Yeah, you're right. The other point here is that Greg Williams wants these guys to be interchangeable, mm-hmm. right? Well, I think that's
0: still possible, too, even though Jamal Adams is now in Seattle.
1: Well, I, and I agree with that. And, and that's exactly my point is that when you just started talking there, I automatically thought of, Well, they want these guys to be interchangeable, but Jamal was so effective inside the box. A lot of times you lined him up as an extra linebacker or used him as a blitzer. And what he finished with six and a half sacks last season, despite missing uh, two games. But maybe now you're going to actually going to see these guys that change out a little bit more than we've seen in the past.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And we'll see what happens with Ashton Davis just because it's such a weird time of the time in the world. You know, like I don't know how far behind or how quickly rookies will be able to go from not really having a spring football to whatever happens to getting on the field. So I, it'll be interesting to see how quickly he can pick things up. But you're right, Greg Williams talked great, uh, greatly about him Brant Boyer as well. And I just want to make this clear before we move on to the third chapter let me say of the trade here Bradley McDougal is not just a throw in player i mean you've mentioned it a little bit before but last season he started 14 games for the seahawks played in 15 he had 70 tackles he had six pass defenses two picks 10 total career interceptions six pass defenses this is a, i think a pretty versatile player that maybe jets fans aren't familiar with but i think they'll end up liking him and just this is just off the field the seahawks tweeted about his the he left in the Seattle community. Joe Douglas has talked about building the best culture in sports. That, that seems to be still the case with McDougal. He seems to be a great person, even though you or I have never talked to him before.
1: Uh, it goes under the radar, right? That uh, we automatically think about this trade and like draft picks. Of course, mm-hmm. the two ones uh, catch your eye first, but, uh, McDougal is a guy who got better during his time in Seattle. You look over the course of his career, a former undrafted free agent. I guess what would be the knock on him coming out? He's not a burner. He's probably a, a more of a four-seven time guy. But Pete Carroll, a tremendous football coach in his own right in Seattle, he really got effective play out of McDougal last year. And you mentioned the character the culture. We keep on coming back to that. It's not only this guy is a good guy who's going to be a good fit inside the locker room, but oh yeah, he can play and he started 14 games last year
0: and we think about production, 10 career interceptions. Yeah, I think McDougal. also, I was reading an article that said that Seahawks really like his intelligence and Marcus May is a very intelligent player, Jamal Adams as well. But McDougal is, I think, going to, I think Jets fans are going to like McDougal at the end of the day. And the third aspect of this entire trade, we've talked about the draft capital. We've talked about Bradley McDougald. The The third part of this is really the financial situation moving forward because obviously the rookie contracts are the cheaper contracts in the NFL. A lot of players talk about their second contract being the lucrative one. And now the Jets have won a lot of draft capital, which then turns into rookie contracts. But also remember back in the spring, we talked to Daniel Jeremiah, who of course worked with Joe Douglas when they were part of the Ravens organization. And Daniel Jeremiah said something where, He said not only does he like the free agent additions for the Jets in 2020, but all the one-year contracts that were handed out and signed really allows the Jets financial flexibility moving forward 2021 and forward.
1: Yeah, a lot of prove-it deals, right? So if these guys come in and they are good system fits and they're productive on the football field, the Jets are going to have uh, plenty of money to send uh, to sign a number of these players to a long-term contracts. And then we talked about the draft uh, before, obviously you have a ton of flexibility, five picks in the first three rounds in 2021, including the two first rounders. So draft weekend, people are going to be looking to, Hey, what are the New York jets doing? Because they'll be able to dictate a lot of what happens early in the draft, but you got the financial setup and you also have the draft capital. And that's really how you build a roster. Uh, the other point here, I think that Shinako lost on anyone is Jamal Adams, great player, respected guy in the room. Uh, just one of the best performers in the national football league. When he exits the locker room to me, figuratively and maybe literally this becomes more of Sam Darnold's team 23 years old and if you're going to be successful in the National Football League you need a franchise type quarterback the Jets indeed believe Sam Darnold is a franchise passer he's entering year three so you have a lot of ability to continue to add around him. We saw what Greg Williams did last year on the defensive side of the ball. You know, anytime you take a Jamal Adams out of the equation, I can't say, oh my God, you're going to have an upgrade at the safety position. With that being said, I think you have a lot of good options at the safety position. And the Jets played very good team ball. Other thing to consider is Jamal Adams is an alpha male, but so is C.J. Mosley. They lead a little bit differently, but the Jets are getting C.J. Mosley back into the equation. So you still are going to have a guy that people gravitate towards in the locker room who has competed at the highest of levels in the playoffs and is considered one of the best players at his position in the National Football League. So I still think the Jets are going to be a very good team defensively, but I go back to the Sam Darnold bit. Jamal Adams out, this is becoming even more Sam Darnold's team. Not that they were, uh, you know, uh, fighting for power or anything like that <laughs> or, or respect inside the locker room. It's just that you're getting the ability to add more pieces around Sam Darnold, and that's what Joe Douglas did throughout this offseason, most notably, of course, the offensive line.
0: Yeah, I I think it's just crazy still that Sam Darnold's entering his third season and he's 23 years old. I mean, he feels like he's been in the league for a long time. But, you know, NFL years are a little quicker than human years, I'd say. Regardless, okay, so at the end of the day, the Jets trade Jamal Adams to the Seahawks. They get uh, what I would consider and what many would consider a great haul in return. And I think that a lot of Jets fans are encouraged by the trade, the direction of this team. And, you know, we'll see what happens if you know, these teams play each other week 14. And we saw that uh, little Twitter war between Le'Veon Bell and Jamal Adams. And, you know, we'll see what happens on the field out in Seattle. But I think more so than not, Jets fans, you know, at point blank, they are more happy with the trade because of the return, even though they might be sad to see Jamal Adams leave. Would you say that's fair to say? Yeah, I I think
1: that Jets fans brace
0: themselves
1: for this bit. Uh, We got different uh, points, I mean, different, um, I guess, information coming in throughout the offseason. Jamal voiced that he wanted to be a Jet, and I know Jamal, uh, excuse me, Joe Douglas was on the record saying uh, we want Jamal Adams to be a Jet for a long time. The financial part of this is always part of the business, okay? Um, This doesn't take away anything that Jamal Adams uh, did here as a player, two-time team MVP, all-pro last season, two-time pro bowler. So his career arc is probably going to continue to ascend. Um, But Joe Douglas, again, we go back to is he did not give a player away. He got very good value for a great player. Now the key for the Jets moving forward is not only how do they transition in the defensive backfield without that big presence there at 33, and we talked about it. Jets really like Marcus May. And I think this will provide an opportunity for Marcus May that he hasn't had so far in the National Football League. Then you got Ashton Davis, who the green and white – Uh, felt very fortunate that he was sitting there in the third round. And then you added a guy in McDougald who uh, is an accomplished pro and is going to be a good locker room fit. Um, But, listen, bottom line is the Jets have the ability to transition this year, but also they've added so much ammunition moving forward 2021 and 2022. I don't think that they have waved the white flag on the season. No doubt about that. We just talked about the safety position. I also think Greg Williams is a master chess player. He takes different pieces. And he gets the best out of players. He will do this again in this situation. Uh, for me, it's all on the other side of the ball. How much growth are we going to see from Sam Darnold this season? And then what's going to happen around him in 2021 and 2022 because make no mistake sam Darnold is your guy moving forward and oh by the way
0: you're gonna have plenty of money to sign him but i don't want (laughs) to (laughs) get that that, that's a podcast for another time (laughs) but that that was the jamal adams trade reaction podcast on the official jets podcast powered by amazon web services next up well you know ea and i will continue to take a look at training camp what that's going to look like and break down this roster